Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This past week, the crowded race for Chicago mayor got at least three new players on the field, and all of them high-profile. On Monday, Bill Daly, the brother of one past Chicago mayor and the son of another, announced his bid. And on Thursday, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle launched her long-awaited campaign, and former school board president Gary Chico did likewise. This week, we sit down with Gary Chico. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest has been on this program before, even as a mayoral candidate, and other things, too. Gary Chico is a lawyer with a distinguished history of public service. He's worked for a couple of big law firms in Chicago, but he was also Mayor Richard M. Daly's chief of staff for a time. He also worked with rival mayor, mayoral candidate Paul Vallis, who was city budget director back then. In 1995, when the state of Illinois gave the mayor responsibility for and power over the school system, it was Gary Chico who was tapped to be school board president and Vallis, who was the school's first CEO. And the troubled system started a major turnaround that uh, turned quite a few heads back then. Uh, Chico ran for the U.S. uh, Senate in 2004 and was among those losing to a state lawmaker named Barack Obama. Uh, He's been head of the Park District Board and the City Colleges Board. He ran for mayor in 2011, mounting a strong campaign against one Rahm Emanuel. And here we are. Gary Chico, welcome back. Thank you, Craig, for helping me. Having me. I hope you helped me. Well, well, we'll see. Yeah. Let me know at the end of the, <laughs> the, of the interview. Uh, there were uh, already some 13 candidates running for mayor that we know of uh, just a couple of weeks ago when uh, Rahm Emanuel announced that he would not run again. Why weren't you in that crowd of 13 or so back then? Well, I was actually working with the mayor on a few things that I thought were important to the city of Chicago. Uh, for example, the mayor had asked me to gather up corporations in Chicago that could serve as sponsors for a STEM engineering program in our public high schools. I, I answered that request from the mayor. I stepped up and brought about 15 companies working with him to adopt particular Chicago public high schools and help develop an engineering curriculum that was very uh, uh, relevant, would take students out to job sites, teach them about the career in engineering, And I believe the way I was raised is when you're working with somebody and helping them, you don't stab them in the back and run against them. Well, Paul Vallis, Lori Lightfoot, Gary McCarthy, they were already high-profile candidates uh, running. Self-made millionaire Willie Wilson's 
made a name for himself this time around. Now the name Daly is in play, among others. How does someone who's been, in some ways, flying under the radar for the last few years um, distinguish himself in a field like that? Well, I don't know if I've been flying under the radar. My most recent uh, request to serve was by Governor Quinn when I served as chairman of the Illinois State School Board for almost four years. And there I was happy to work with the legislature and the governor to help rewrite the school funding formula. We started the first version of that and also worked every year to get hundreds of millions of dollars into our public schools, including Chicago. I think the way that I distinguish my candidacy is by someone who has lived Chicago. I mean, I've lived in McKinley Park, Brighton Park, Back of the Yards, Near West Side, uh, Rogers Park, and and Edgebrook, just to name some of the communities I've lived and worked in. I think I know the people of Chicago from having been all around Chicago. But moreover, uh, I've been uh, privileged to serve when called in the capacities you've talked about, serving as the mayor's chief of staff. I was happy to be with the, uh, work with the mayor when we rebuilt a lot of the Chicago's neighborhoods. I was happy to be able to work with the Bill Clinton initiative to hire the, the 100,000 police officers that Chicago took advantage of. We didn't hire 100,000, but we got a few thousand that went into our program that we continued to pay for after the federal money uh, uh, evaporated. I then went to the Chicago Public Schools, and there, you you know that was a mess in 95. The first word of that legislation is, there's a crisis in education in Chicago. They don't say that anymore. And when we went there, what we did is we rebuilt the physical stock of those buildings. We rebuilt the relationship with the teachers' union, having uh, two four-year contracts that paid teachers a fair wage. We also began the academic turnaround of the system, which allowed some of the improvements that you see today. So I'm very proud of the record that I've, I've had, and I'm hoping that the combination of my life experience living throughout Chicago and knowing the people of this city and, and my work experience of being in government and of being a successful lawyer will give me what I need to effectuate my agenda. My agenda is real simple. Reduce violence throughout the city of Chicago and our neighborhoods. People are fearful. Mothers are fearful about having their children play in the streets, play in, play in the sidewalk. We can't have that. I'm going to reduce that violence through a number of innovative initiatives. I'm also going to work on rejuvenating our neighborhoods more than we've ever seen before, starting with first people. We're going to invest in getting people off the wrong track in gangs. We're seeing it right now with the Ready Initiative from the Heartland Alliance, which is going right after gangbangers to recruit them out of a gang and take on jobs, mowing the lawn, picking up boxes, serving meals to seniors. That's good stuff. I also want to uh, point out the Safe Haven program, which I was able to start when I worked with Mayor Daly, and I thought Mayor Daly did a good job. We uh, actually worked with the Safe Haven organization to give them the, the work to take care of all the landscaping in Chicago's medians, and you see their trucks around Chicago today. But you should know that the people who are working in that program are people who have been in prison, people who have been homeless and haven't been able to get a job. This is what we have to bring to the neighborhoods of Chicago along with physical investment. We saw a very interesting program by Amazon Go but on the, on the south, uh, right downtown here. It shouldn't be just downtown. It should be on Stony Island. It should be on Archer Avenue. It should be on Elston. We have to, we have to use modern retailing techniques to help rebuild our commercial strips throughout the city. So I think in, in, in answer to your question, I'm going to bring the experience that I've had as a lifelong Chicagoan whose kids all went to public schools, whose parents went to public schools, 
and I went to public schools. I'm going to bring that experience and couple it with my professional experience and hopefully hit the ground running on day one as mayor of Chicago. Well, I want to talk a little bit uh, about, well, on any number of those things, but let's sure. start with where you are right now with about the jobs. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm hearing is that the business community is very anxious about this election mm-hmm. because they've, they've known where Rahm Emanuel was coming from. They knew where Mayor Daley was coming from mm-hmm. when it came to relationships with the business community. Uh, we have a building boom going on mm-hmm. in downtown Chicago. But as you point out, and, and the West Loop, it's not happening everywhere. And frankly, some companies aren't all that anxious to go into some of the poorer neighborhoods. How do you turn that attitude around? Where do you, how do you get companies more willing to go into neighborhoods that may have been struggling, that may have had problems with violence? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I am a business owner, so I guess you could say I, I am from the business community. And I know what it takes to go to work every day and worry about making profit, worry about keeping people on your payroll and, uh, and, and having a healthy business. But secondly, I've been doing this my entire life as either a government official or a lawyer. I mean, I've been bringing businesses into Chicago. We worked on a very good project on 42nd and Pulaski to bring in several retailers to vacant land. I mean, I know how to do this. It takes effort, it takes persuasion, and it takes resources. In that case, everybody always wants to ask you, well, where are you going to get the money? The vast majority of the money in that project I just cited was private money but it has to be leveraged by smart public money. So we should be doing this throughout the city, not in one place or two places. So I would work relentlessly to bring commercial development to areas that have been neglected for decades. I'm not going to drive down Chicago Avenue and Madison Street anymore. I'm not going to drive and look at 50 years of shuttered buildings. People feel neglected, rightfully so. Nobody's gone there to do anything about it. I'm going to be obsessive about rebuilding our communities. There are some people who say, and in fact, even Mayor Emanuel says, whoever gets this job is going to have to be able to do it all. Uh, And you you might get some argument that says, this is a job where you can't do everything that needs doing. Is this a task for a political Hercules? There have been some really uh, well-meaning and and, and well-intentioned attempts to turn everything around, but even Mayor Emanuel has found you can't. You know, there's just too many moving sure. parts to keep all of them going at the same time. Well, surely this is no time for amateurs or on-the-job training. The issues are much too great. And let's face it, the city's at a critical juncture, a very, very critical juncture. The violence that we talked about earlier is is almost out of control. I don't want to—every weekend we read, told, we read the, uh, the shooting numbers. We read people who have been killed. That's got to stop. That can't be our narrative. Now, look, I'm not naive— Nobody's going to bat a 1,000. Nobody's going to do a perfect job. But there are people who are really qualified to take on this position and hit the ground running on day one. And I believe I'm, I'm that person. I mean, I've, I've trained my whole life for what leads up to this position and the, and the jobs that I've had. The responsibility for running the Chicago Public Schools, the responsibility for sitting next to a mayor and being responsible for the operations of the city are exactly what this job is about. I'm prepared to do it. Let's talk about the violence. Uh, people are going to want to know what are you, what are your specific ideas about the violence? It, everyone says I'm going to solve the violence. What things will solve it? 
Well, not everybody in this race has actually built communities the way that I've been working on them for many decades now. I mentioned one project on 42nd and Pulaski. There are many, many others where I've worked on hospital development, office building development, even housing, affordable housing developments throughout the city. So my experience in having done it, I think, is going to inform me about how to do it better and more. Uh, so I, I think you're going to hear a lot of people talking about what they can do, but you really have to look at the candidates in terms of what they've done. I think that's the best projection of what people are likely to accomplish. With regard to crime, let's face it, this is not a single-dimension solution. You're not just going to hire police officers and solve this problem. Now, I do think we have to take a very good look at where we are with manpower right now. I mentioned when I ran in 2011, I think you you thought you had to keep pace with a certain amount of hiring. I don't think we've done that, and I think the attrition has caused us some real problems. We don't have enough patrol officers. We have to rob Peter to pay Paul to get coverage. We don't have enough detectives to work on on, on solving crimes and then enabling prosecutors to prosecute the truly bad criminals in this city. So we have to take a good, hard look at our manpower numbers. But it's not just the, the, the quantity of people. It's the quality of people. We have to have the best trained police officers in the United States of America. It should come right out of the Laquan McDonald shooting, and, and that should be our propulsion to have the best trained officers in the United States. No longer should a police officer approach someone with mental with a mental illness and kill that person. We have to be we have to be a lot smarter about the way we do this. Our our training has got to be much better. The facilities that we that we train our police officers and our firefighters in are antiquated. We're trying to get a new modern police and tr- police and fire training facility. The community that was proposed for doesn't want it. So be it. I don't believe in shoving projects down the road throats of neighborhoods that don't want it, but somebody will. And we ought, to be at, we ought to be at work about building that thing so that we can actually get our police officers and firefighters trained in modern technique. DuPage County has a nicer, uh, more uh, modern training facility at the College of DuPage. I've been there. I've seen it. Chicago should have no less. And then finally, besides police manpower, it's the, it's the reinvestment in people. It's the reinvestment in communities that we talked about earlier, Craig. We cannot let we can't work under the myth that people can't be saved. Why are we worrying about? It? Let's just arrest every. That's the wrong way to approach this problem. We have to look at people and the potential that they can bring. I take you back to the Ready Initiative by the Heartland Alliance. Two hundred people in this program showing early stage results. People want a job. They want a masthead on that check, and they want to go to work. You couple that with some of these neighborhood redevelopment initiatives I've talked about like the one on 42nd and Pulaski, you'll see attitudes change and crime will come down. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is attorney and former Chicago School Board President Gary Chico, candidate for mayor of Chicago. I know it's a question that uh, you don't like hearing, but as you point out, people are going to ask if we're going to hire more police where does the money come from? And I know before you said it's something we have to do. Mm-hmm. And if we have to mm-hmm. cut somewhere else, so be it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask the follow-up question. Where else in this budget are there things that you could do less of that we don't also need done? Well, let's, let's, let's start with the overtime that we, play, that we pay in the police department right now. $150 million. It's, out, it's outrageous. I've never seen that kind of number. 
We're going to reallocate that money to hire police officers. Let's next go to the subject of judgments. Because of, of, of liabilities that the city's incurring for police acts out there, we're running at a half a billion dollars a year, $500 million. What You know what the budgeted number has been for the last few years? $30 million. We have the proper training that I talked about. You'll bring down the judgments. We stop paying overtime and putting it into salaries of current of police force. We'll have the money to do this. All right, let's talk about one of your other uh, areas of expertise, and that would be the schools. Yes. There is no question that Chicago schools have made phenomenal progress in the last few years. I get into arguments with people sometimes, but no, they, 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 it's, it's, it's irrefutable that the schools are in much better shape than they were in when you first, back in 1995. Yes. But there are still some schools that are lagging. There are still some neighborhoods that their neighborhood schools are inadequate. How do you reach all the rest of the schools that aren't the magnet schools, what we used to call Mm -hmm. now selective enrollment schools, Mm -hmm. the charter schools, you know, the star schools? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I'm very proud of my record uh, working with Paul Vallis from 1995 to 2001 to lay the foundation for these gains that you're seeing today. And, you know, look, I, I think they've done a very good job of, of picking up on that and moving it forward. Uh, both, uh, you know, Arnie Duncan and successors after him, including uh, Frank Clark and Janice Jackson today, have done a nice job. Arnie Rivera as well. There's some top flight people over there. But we don't rest in our laurels and we don't take things for granted. I think when I was at the Chicago Public Schools, we built schools. We rehabilitated schools. And you want to know what, Craig? I saw that change attitudes in communities. When we went to the south side of Chicago, the Alt, when we went to Altgeld, uh, I saw that that school being rehabbed gave them the community a source of pride. And I think you can get that again. As far as how you're going to deal with schools that are underperforming right now, it's all about talent and the evaluation of talent. One of the things I'm most proud of that we started when I was school board president was changing the source of where our leaders came from and where our teachers came from. Uh, we had a small handful of colleges providing our teachers back in 1995. Today it's much, much larger, and the incredible level of talent among our teachers and our principals has really risen, and that is showing great, great dividends. We have to be obsessive about that in those schools that are underperforming. Change leaders if you need to. Okay, we can't sit by and watch it. But let's 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 do this though, Craig. Let's let's agree that one thing I don't want to see. One of the problems I want to solve is the agony that's in a parent's face when their child's in sixth, seventh grade about where they're going to go to high school. This is a a, a this is a problem in Chicago. These are taxpaying citizens that have to worry about whether they can access a high quality high school. I don't want to see that happen anymore. We we started the selective enrollment program when we were there. We started the charter school program when we were there. We, started, we took the international baccalaureate program from one to probably 40 sites today, and we really raised the amount of advanced placement courses offered to students. More of that needs to be done. The parents are demanding it. Forget about what I want. In large part, a mayor is a reflection or should be a reflection of what the people want. I'm going to work on solving that problem of parents uh, all over our city, whether they're near north, south, west, it doesn't matter, about where their child's going to go to high school and give them some peace of mind that their child will have access to a quality high school. Does that mean making sure that 
every high school is attractive. Of course our goal is to make sure that every high school is attractive and appeals to parents. But you want to know something, Greg? People vote with their feet. And we're now seeing incredible amounts of mobility by parents and their students finding the school of their choice. And it's not such a bad thing, Craig, for a parent to have their child go from one neighborhood to another because they like the fine arts program offered at that school. It's not such a bad thing for a parent to send their child to Westinghouse High School because they love the engineering program there. I believe we have to have a wide array of quality offerings for our parents and our families that will give them peace of mind and keep them in Chicago. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about politics. Who do you see as your base? Uh, The people who automatically gravitate to you, where where you're going to build your your support from? Well, I haven't seen any automatic gravitation in campaigns. <laughs> uh, I, I just haven't. I, th- I think that's a bad, I think that's a risky philosophy. I don't take anybody for granted. I'm very happy that in 2011 when I ran, I had 25% of the vote throughout the city, by the way. It was all over the city, frankly. I'm very proud of that. I think that's, that's a good base to start with. But let's face it, they make campaigns for a reason. The idea is to get out there and show your agenda. Mine is reducing violence. Mine is making sure that our education quality is superior and and continues its upward trend. And I want to reinvest in our neighborhoods with the specific ideas I've laid out to you on a level never seen before. I think we can do it. But during the campaign, we will talk about these things even more in particular. And I'm hoping, I really believe this will be the first election in my lifetime where it's not going to be decided by a preordained outcome. We're going to have to battle here for the hearts and minds of people in Chicago. And I'm asking the people of Chicago for their vote. I love this city. I want to work for them. And I want to make things better. I want to give people the opportunity that I, my wife, my kids, and hopefully my grandchildren have had and will have. Um, Since we were talking about battles, uh, let me ask you, what do you think the name daily means to voters these days and in fact what does the name Paul Vallis mean and and how do you how do you battle somebody that was your partner in a couple of uh, ways I I have a lot of respect for Paul Vallis and I'm proud of the record that he and I uh, amassed during our time working together but our careers are much longer than just the time we worked together Paul went off and left the city and worked for a number of school systems I stayed in Chicago and uh, chaired the Chicago Park District. I chaired the City Colleges of Chicago, and I was happy to respond when Governor Quinn asked me to serve as chairman of the State Board of Education. Um, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to both present our credentials. We'll see what the voters decide. As far as uh, the name Daly goes, I know all the Dailies. I had the privilege of working next to Mayor Daly. thought he did a very, very good job. I was happy to serve when he asked me to serve. Uh, as far as the other daily, it's, it, you take everybody on their own merits. I think Bill Daly's a fine person, uh, but we're going to have to see what the voters think about what he has to say in his campaign and about their belief of whether or not uh, he or I should lead the city of Chicago. Uh, do you believe Tony Preckwinkle is going to have to fight the battle over her uh, the uh, now repealed soda tax over and over again on a campaign like this? Well, let's let's face it. People are not happy about that. I mean, I wasn't happy when I went to go buy my, uh, you know, for, for my uh, guests at my house when I bought them some Mountain Dew and Pepsi and I saw that tax. And then I saw they wanted to hit me with a bag tax. I mean, let's stop, let's stop taxing people to death here, okay? I don't want our residents and our businesses to flee the city because they think the tax levels are so high. But let's say, I mean, that soda tax had some legs and 
was very, very unpopular. I can't recall the last time a tax was passed and repealed with that speed. Uh, But does that say more about the way campaigns are being run these days? And I don't just mean political campaigns. In this case, this was a a beverage industry campaign that was very effective. Oh, I don't know about that. I stood next to people in line at Target. You should have heard them talking about the price of a bottle of Pepsi or a bottle of Coke or their Frappuccino at Starbucks. This is real people complaining about that. I mean, this is, I think that's a mistake. I I believe that people don't want to be taxed through the nose for somebody's idea of how to run government. So what to use the uh, the oft-heard phrase, tools are there in the toolbox when a city does need more revenue? There are hundreds of ideas that you can use to produce new revenue. How about selling some of the city vacant land that's been sitting for decades? Let's just start there. How about the, how about the ideas we've already mentioned in this program about reducing the judgment fund every year that we have to pay for, for the liabilities of our city workers and the, and the acts they commit? How about reducing the overtime that we talked about? I can go on and on and on, but we, what do we have, a half hour here? <laughs> I mean, I can go on and give you a hundred. I'm going to do that during this campaign. But rest assured, there are no shortages for, for raising revenue and saving money. But just as importantly, Craig, I don't believe we've maximized what technology can do for us in terms of operating government. I mean, we don't need half of these functions anymore that we can now do online. And that doesn't mean you let people go necessarily, but you may be able to shift some of that manpower and perhaps less of it to other functions. But that's a startup cost, is it not? That you, in other words, the technology, bringing in the technology, especially with, with uh, this government, and, 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 and you know, you've got some technology that's pretty old, wait too. Wait a second, wait a second. I could tell you stories right now about the phone systems being used in governments that cost a fortune, where when you flip over and allow it to not only be a phone, work the internet over the same line, your return on investment is five or six-fold. Just imagine starting with that initiative. There may be costs always in, in, in an initiative like that, but you look at the payback over time. Uh, let me ask you one other uh, question. Um, who do you look to for advice or to bounce ideas off of? Who, who's your 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 Sonny Chico. Sonny Chico, my wife. She's an, uh, look, I'm very blessed. I mean, I have a great spouse. I have a great family. All my kids are great. And now I've been blessed to have four great grandchildren. Unfortunately, we lost a granddaughter in uh, December. I'm sorry. But um, I, I've, been, I've been blessed to have a great family. I have a great network of, of friends. You know, my, my brother, uh, one of our campaign advisors, Michael Golden and Kelly Quinn. I don't want to go down because I'm going to forget somebody. And, and I, I've had great colleagues in my law firm. I've had great colleagues in my law firm, Marcus Nunes, Bob Markin, wonderful people that have supported me, Jonas Siegelak. I can go on and on and on. I've really been blessed to have a network of people that uh, have been great for me. I learn from everybody. You know, you can't be arrogant about this stuff. I mean, you have to really listen to people and build your best ideas from that and work and collaborate with people. So I've been very fortunate. Um, how, if you are elected to this position, would you get along with uh, uh, J.B. Pritzker? How would you get along with Michael Madigan? Well, I happen to know them both. I know uh, Speaker Madigan very well. I know J.B. Pritzker pretty good, too. Uh, I think it's going to be good. I mean, if, if I'm elected, I hope I am, I would work very effectively with the both of them, all for the betterment of Chicago.
do you not have some of the concerns that others do that the speaker has uh, amassed a lot of power and becomes the most powerful Democrat and is the most powerful Democrat in the state? Well, I guess somebody has to be the most powerful Democrat in the state. But the fact of the matter is, how do we work? I, I know Mike Madigan cares deeply about this city, cares deeply about his area of the city. And I've talked with the speaker about that. I would have no problem working with him as long as we are working together for the resources necessary to make Chicago better. And if for some reason, uh, or and as you know, the elections are elections, if the governor is still uh, Bruce Rauner, how do you get along with him? I would reach my hand out to the governor, Governor Rauner, and uh, say, how can we work together for the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago? That's going to be the final word. That is Gary Chico, candidate for mayor of Chicago. Thanks for spending the half hour with me. Thank you very much, Craig. And you did help me. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That's WBBMnewsradio.com. You can also find our podcasts on radio.com. I will be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Given the odds, it could be another mayoral candidate. They're they're piling up. Uh, Until then, I hope you will will listen to us all the time for all the breaking news. I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.